Welcome to the Positive Productivity Podcast, episode 128. Welcome to Positive Productivity Podcast, where we empower our audience to achieve and appreciate personal and professional success, especially in the face of adversity. Listen in as our guests reveal their stories of challenges and hurdles and how they overcame defeat and became triumphant in their endeavors. Let's get motivated and move forward with your host, Kim Sutton. Welcome back to another episode of Positive Productivity. This is your host, Kim Sutton, and today I am thrilled to have Jen Monks, founder of LifeWise Lady and a business blogger here with us. Welcome, Jen. Hi, Kim. How are you? Oh, I am just thrilled that you are here. And listeners, I need to tell you how we met, and I've already told Jen how tickled I was, but she included me in her blog article, 15 Motivational Podcasts for Women Who Love Business. And if you have not yet made a compilation article for your blog, I strongly encourage you to do it. And I'm going to ask Jen to share more. But first, welcome again, Jen. Thank you so much for being here. And would you mind sharing about yourself with the audience? Well, my name is Jen Monks. I am a business blogger for women. I started my blog in 2016. And I started it because I couldn't find a community for women my age, which is the uh, age of over 40. I couldn't find much of a community to help me start a new business. So I have a business degree and I've been an entrepreneur for years, but I stopped my businesses when I had children and I was in my mid to late thirties when I had them. So I just came back into what I would call employable state because I had two tiny kids. And when I did try to come back, I just really wanted a community to support me and say, Hey, you can do this. And this is how you do it. And I couldn't find that. So I thought, okay, I love to write and I want to use my business experience. Maybe I will check out blogging. So I took an advanced blogging course just to see if it was doable. And it was. I wrote a business plan and I started my social media accounts and it really has gone very well. And I'm very pleased with uh, my site. It's called lifewiselady.com. And I have probably about a dozen articles out now. And it has been just one of the best experiences of my life. Oh, hold up. Because I've been on your site. You said a dozen articles? Yeah, a little over that, maybe. Okay. And we were just talking pre-show. You're, the article, you already t- shared with me the share count, but the article that you that you mentioned me in, it had how many shares? At this point, it's almost 1,200. And you have another article that's had about 2,000. So listeners... It doesn't matter how new or how old you are to blogging, but it is possible, even if you only have a few articles on your site. Now, I am curious, Jen, what was the course that you took? Um, It's Brandon Gailey's Blog Millionaire. And it was a pretty, I was completely a novice. So it was a pretty thorough course. And it was very scary at first because I didn't understand any of the terms But 
it was, I would recommend the course. I really would. And he is not an affiliate of mine. Um, so I'm telling you this straight up. I, I think the course is really brilliant. And he has a Facebook group that is very helpful. Oh, it's fantastic. I'm actually in there. Wait, no. No, I follow his page. Scratch that. He, he has um, his a podcast. is tremendous. Awesome podcast, really. Yeah, um, I gained so much insight. I actually started at the beginning of his podcast, which is what I typically do when I'm listening to a new podcast. I'll go back to the beginning. And he filled me with so much insight that I actually shared in one of my Facebook groups about his podcast. And then I continued listening. And he said, you know, if you share my podcast, I'll give you a mention on my page. I was like, wow, well, I've already done that. So when, you know, he, he did, he shared one of my articles and I couldn't believe just how much the traffic surged for a few days. Well, that's how I got over 2000 shares on, on the one post is that I mentioned his course. And then I told him that I had mentioned it in a Facebook group and he shared it with nearly a hundred thousand followers. Yeah, that is so tremendous. Let me tell you, though, uh, we will include the link in the show notes. And Jen, if you if you if there is an affiliate program, we'll put your link in there. So full disclosure, listeners, there are affiliate right. links. I'm not affiliated with uh, anyone at, right now, but I might be in the future. So. So what are the some of the biggest lessons that you've learned about blogging so far? That you have to hook up with other bloggers that are in your niche and you have to comment and become friendly with them and really be in a community. And that way you can share your audience with each other because there's room enough. You know, it's not like you have to be competitive and say, no, 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 I don't want, I don't want that person's you know, that person to steal my audience, there's, there's enough to go around. So the greatest thing about bloggers is they're usually really willing to help you out and, and tell you, Hey, this is great. This is what you did. That was great. And this is what you did. That wasn't great. And you, you can share and comment on, on their blog posts and in Facebook communities. And it's really quite wonderful. Do you believe that there is such thing as competition? I have really mixed feelings about that. Um, I, I understand that there's there's competition, and I am a very competitive person. I always want to come out on top. But that doesn't mean that I have to step on other people to do it. I think that's the main problem that I have with competition is there are so many people out there who think they have to squash the competition rather than just be their best. And that makes me very sad, but it's true. I mean, we've all seen it. We've all seen how companies really get on national TV and try and destroy each other and say how horrible the other product is. I don't think that that's uh, what I would want to do, and that's not really my approach, and I don't think it's necessary. When it comes to individual entrepreneurs such as you and I, do you think that that competition has anything to do with inner struggles? Hmm. And I'm not saying that you're struggling. Personally, I am competitive, but it is with myself. Like I am constantly challenging myself every day to be a little bit more productive than I was the day before. Or this might sound silly, 
drink more water than I did yesterday because I don't drink enough. So it's those, I gamify my business to the point that I compete with myself and my prior performance. Well, I think that's great and that's healthy. That's the healthy kind of competition you want. Even if you have friendly competition with another podcaster or another blogger and you say, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to try and get to this many followers or this many listeners this month. And you have some sort of friendly competition going on. That's very, uh, very good for your productivity and very good for your numbers. But it's at least it's not destructive and you're not trying to hurt each other. So I think if you're competing and saying, "Okay, I want to double my followers and double my listeners in two months, that's healthy. If you're saying, I'm going to take all the competition's readers or listeners, that's unhealthy. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree. Yeah, it's 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 just a matter of, I, I want to be able to sleep at night, and I don't want to hurt anybody, and I don't want to take from them. I just want, I just want my business to grow to where I think, you know, I, I can have a, a, a good life without being driven crazy, you know? Yes. I love that. And I love, and, and I've already told you how much I love it. I love your about page, which you've actually titled read my story. Can you share more about your story with the listeners? Well, yes, I, I have, um, as an adult, I have had a major injury where I was taking a mirror off of a wall and it, it broke and I won't go into the gory details, but it did, um, cut everything. And I had, I have permanent nerve damage and it was to my left hand. I'm left-handed. It landed on my wrist. So I had to relearn how to use my hand, my dominant hand, by the way, not fun, but it did teach me very much that anything is possible and that I can overcome anything. I also suffered from major depression in my late twenties, um, all stemming from an illness that I had. And like I said before, I was extremely competitive type a trying to get everything done at the same time. And then I got seriously ill and it wiped me out and I fell into a very deep depression and it was not pretty and it was not fun. But again, I got through it with the support of my friends and family. They were so helpful and I managed to crawl out of that hole and now I am determined to never ever go that dark again. It was, it was a very, very destructive uh, thing to do to myself in part. Now, part of it's external things that happen, but part of it is internal and how I handle stress, how I keep myself from uh, overwhelming myself with things that aren't as important as I once thought they were. I don't have to be perfect and I don't have to um, achieve everything all at once. That is so beautiful. You know, you, you learn the hard way. <laughs> sometimes, in life, sometimes in life it takes that much um, junk to learn some really valuable lessons. And I, I, I didn't enjoy going through any of those things, but I tell you, they, they teach you some really great lessons for the rest of your life. So I have, so I have to ask, with where your life is at right now, if you were given a 
magic bean. I don't know where I came up with magic bean. Okay. But you could go back and change the course. Would you change it or would you leave it the same? It's sort of the butterfly effect. Um, if you right. if you mess with it, you wouldn't be where you are. Well, I don't think I would mess with it just because I, I love the way things are now. I have two beautiful children. I have a lovely home. I have the best husband in the world. And I don't want to mess with that. But if I could take a couple of things out of my life that were horrible and have them and have things be the same as today, ooh, that's tough. That's a, t- that's a tough one. Everything teaches you a lesson, all these bad experiences in life. And we all have them, but they, they teach you a lesson. So that is so tough. Do I, do I erase these bad memories and erase the lessons? Mm, I don't think so. I can relate completely. I mean, there's, there's parts that I wish I could take out and at the risk of him or his new wife listening. I mean, I don't know that I would marry my ex again, except for the fact that I have two beautiful children out of that relationship. And also I wouldn't have moved to Ohio and met my husband now if it hadn't been for that. So I can't remove him and know that I would still be here. Well, right. You have two beautiful children that wouldn't be here. Right. And just how everything lined up, I wouldn't have met. Uh, I'm going to challenge you on the most awesome husband because that's how I feel. But yeah, it's a, um, yeah, it's, it's very interesting thought. So along with, you were doing construction, if memory serves me right. Um, Yes, I've done, I've done so many things. See, I've been a personal train. I had my own personal training business. I have been a Mary Kay consultant. And I've had my own remodel and construction company. So those that's a pretty eclectic mix. And they basically taught me all sorts of things. Each business was vastly different from the others. And the, the construction business, that's when, we, that's when I hurt, uh, got my injury. And you were doing Mary Kay at the same time that you were doing construction, weren't you? Yes, on the <laughs> weekends and evenings. I, you know, I was, I was getting pretty grubby and dirty during the days. And I, you know, I wanted to not only make a little money, but keep in contact with my more feminine side and, you know, wear makeup and dress up at least on the weekend sometimes (laughs) because I was, I was getting covered in, in sawdust and drywall dust during a lot of the week, putting, installing tile and, and, and framing and, and doing all sorts of things like that. So it was vastly different from the Mary Kay experience. And I loved both of them really. And I can understand why. I mean, I, I got into interior architecture because I loved how my, um, my grandfather actually, he did a lot of construction and I loved that dirty side, even though interior architecture was totally not dirty mm-hmm. as far as what I was doing. No, I can completely relate. What were some of the lessons that you were looking to learn when you started your community and when you started your business that prompted you starting starting your blog the lessons um i wanted women to help women more and i wanted a community where you know we're we're still only making 78 cents on the dollar to a man and we're we're still struggling in a lot of ways and I thought, well, we've got the power of the purse, really. I mean, women 
especially over 40, we control a huge chunk of the spending in each household. So why don't we support each other building businesses? And that just, it struck me as so important that I just wanted to pursue it. Something that's inspired me since I started my very first business, and that was almost, I guess it was 12 years ago, was that Martha Stewart did not start her catering business until she was 38. Now, in full disclosure, I just turned 38 this year, Mm -hmm. and I have always used her as a little bit of inspiration. You know, I I don't know that I'm going to be as big as she is someday. I don't know that I want to be that big. I like my privacy, and I don't know that I'd want to leave my house and have paparazzi following me, right? Exactly. <laughs> I can relate. I, I don't know that I want to have people shuffling through my garbage. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I mean, someday when we get to build our dream house, we're planning on having a fence around it and it will be in the middle of nowhere in Ohio where, you know, it will take a while for anybody to find. And, you know, maybe we'll be in the middle of cornfields too. But what does your vision of success look like? Mm. I would love to eventually have some sort of online course to help women start their businesses and thrive in them. I would also like to write a book and I want to have to build more of a community just because I think that in this day and age, we're almost so separate because of the internet and cell phones and we're supposed to be on social media and it's not, sometimes it's not very social. Sometimes it's very lonely and, and it's very important to stay connected and and be supportive of each other. What are your favorite platforms for social media when you are on? You know, I started on Twitter and I really love it because it's interactive. You can, you're virtually having a conversation with somebody but my niche is on Pinterest and Facebook and LinkedIn. So I really have to focus more on those three, even though I started out on Twitter and I'm doing really well on it. I have, I think, 12,000 followers on, on Twitter. I don't have nearly as many on the other social media platforms. But um, Facebook is nice because you get to, you know, you, you get to see pictures of people and whether it's personal or, or business, it's a little bit, uh, it's, it's more personal. Now, Pinterest is is basically just a pin board, and so there's not much social about it. But I do like it. For, for bloggers, it's great. I have to agree. We were talking a little bit pre-show about the fakeness. I guess that's the best word I can come up with right now. That some business owners are putting out there when they're talking about their businesses and their success. Mm-hmm. How do you encourage any of your community members to share their stories with the world? Well, if you go to my website and you read my uh, About Me page, you'll know that by the end, it's it's not a short one, but by the end, you'll know me, warts and all. You'll know the good things. You'll know the bad things. And I wish more people would do that because when when you see – really glossy images online. 
I think we all know deep down that the person isn't that perfect. Even if they do make millions of dollars a year, they've made some mistakes. And I would love to see more people, especially super successful people, talk about their mistakes rather than saying, I can make you a millionaire in two years or six months or, you know, 10 days or whatever it is. I would like to hear them talk about their mistakes more because I think people can relate to that. And then it encourages them to keep going because, you know, you fall down a lot in business and you have to pick yourself up every time or quit. Those are your choices. And a lot of people do quit because they see all of these perfect people online. And it's very distressing to see that if you, if you follow people on any of the social media platforms and you see how great they are and how many followers they have and, and you're just struggling, that's pretty hard to, to move forward. And you think I, I'm just going to quit. I can't keep up. I, I can't compete with these people. That to me, it's just very sad. It's, it's, you're not seeing their, their failures from two years ago. You're seeing their, their so-called overnight success, which probably wasn't overnight anyway. It probably, yeah, no, definitely not. And a lot of the people who do share their stories also talk about the no like, and trust factor. And I would have to think, or, and I know this from personal experience that the people who don't share their stories don't tend to have the trust factor from me. And I'm more likely to go and listen to and subscribe to and purchase from the people who do share those vulnerabilities and the, the weak spots and the, the really the hardships that they've gone through. I mean, even Brendan Burchard has talked about how he had his whole bed covered with bills and his, I think it was his now wife very carefully crawled in underneath the covers to not disturb anything, (laughs) you know, but it was all of his bills and it was such a weight in there. She was sleeping under it and he knew he had to make changes because he just couldn't keep on living like that. And that was sort of like a wow to me, like, wow, you're real. Yeah, I've, I've been there too. I mean, that's that's part of my story as well as being $40,000 in debt and being shocked by, by that. I didn't know that my, my uh, ex didn't even know how much debt he was in and he didn't tell me until I found out six months after we were married. And um, I, I was opening... Uh, what I thought was my credit card bill and it was his credit card bill and we had kept separate accounts and all of a sudden I realized he was several thousand in debt and then I looked at the rest of his accounts and it added up to $40,000. He he didn't know it was anywhere near that because he was paying the minimum and it was so difficult. That period of time and I, you know, like I said, type A, I pay my bills on time. I make sure I don't overspend. I'm very precise on that. And to have that happen to me was like a ton of bricks falling on me. And it was painful. But, you know, it's another one of those painful experiences that I don't want to repeat. And I'm not sure if I would erase it from my history or not. It was very painful for a couple of years trying to pay all that off. But but we did it. And it, it, it taught me another lesson. I'm sure it felt like 
and I'm just trying to remember the, the name of the company. What was it? 1-800-CREDIT-REPORT. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the commercial where the, the guy gets married and he didn't realize the debt that the his wife had and now they're living in his parents' basement while they try to pay everything? I almost cried when I saw that commercial. <laughs> it hit a little too close to home. <laughs> I was like, "Oh no, somebody read my my story." No. Right. So you're you're building your business now, at, but you have the the type A personality, and you're you know you're really dedicated to paying your bills off in time. But I do know, you know, you're married. Is there another source of income coming in? Um, sorry, I know that's a really personal question. The no, no, no. Right now. Right now I'm working on the monetization of, of my blog and that's a very, very tough thing to do, mm-hmm. but it's, it is completely doable. I, I think that people need to really consider this. Now, let me just say, I don't know if I was very clear this, the whole debt thing happened with my, uh, first husband. And, um, that was when I was 24. Right. So, Years later, you know, I have accumulated enough savings and I got remarried and my husband has a a stable job and we had kids and we, you know, like I said, I'm pretty planned out. We wanted to make sure that we had enough so that I could stay home for a couple of years. And now that my kids are back in school, um, I want to start, you know building an income again. But right now we saved up and had uh, a plan to where we could rely on his income for a while. And a lot of people don't have that, but I think it's so important for people to understand when you're starting a business, you better have the support of your partner and you better be able to go for a while without much income. And I really think that's where the business plan comes in. You have to or you're just making your life a chaotic mess and you could end up losing that partnership with, with a person you love. In full disclosure, when I had my first company back in 2005, it was a online craft retailer and I made all the worst mistakes possible, including purchasing a ton of inventory on credit cards. So I do have to confess, I put my ex through that you know, but I learned many valuable lessons of my own, including that credit cards shouldn't be used that way. I mean, I had no guarantee that that inventory was going to sell. And I, I'm embarrassed. I I don't even want to know how much there was. I mean, there was, it was more than 40 though. I can tell you that much. Well, you know, that's the thing that most people, most people think that I love this business. I this is the business I was destined to do. It's, it's, it's something that is my passion. Just because something is your passion doesn't mean it's going to make you money. And it doesn't mean it's going to make you money right away for sure. So that's, that's where I really emphasize having some sort of plan and getting your partner on board because there's so many instances that I hear of where the partner is really mad in, in six months because you're, you're not, you're still not making it, you know, you're still not making a livable income and six months is nothing. Most people aren't making much for several years. 
So, you know, just be patient and also have a plan. Maybe you have to do something as a side hustle for a while because it, it's really hard on the other person to be the sole support financially. Financially and time-wise. I mean, I know my husband gets so much weight from the house on him while I'm trying to build. I, I would completely agree. You have to you have to not only have the support from them financially um, and a plan, you have to also divvy up whatever tasks are around that you have to do, whether it's child rearing or uh, just taking care of the house, house maintenance, house cleaning. Boy, you really have to make sure that everything's clear. You're taking care of this and I'm taking care of that. If your business started producing the income that you wanted today, Mm -hmm. plus some, what would be the first expenditure that you would make? Hmm. You know, I am really big on making life easier. I would want, if I could just wave a magic wand and I had plenty of money, I would love for somebody to come in and clean my house and just clean up after my kids, do my laundry for a couple hours a day and and leave. <laughs> that would be the perfect thing for me. If I could have anything in the world, that would be great. And I think a lot of people would say the same thing. If they could just get these tasks out of their way, they could, they could enjoy life a little more and they wouldn't have to take time away from their kids or their spouse because they're busy doing laundry or catching up on some sort of home repair or, or just trying to finish something up in, in their work that they just didn't have time to do. So that, that would be my personal wish list. Oh, my goodness. I was actually working on today's blog article right before we hopped on this call. And I, and I was chatting or writing, chatting. I don't know. I don't know why I call it chatting in a blog article, but I think you get the point about how I would love Mary Poppins or my fairy godmother to come in and wave their wand and for all the dishes to be done and the laundry to be done. That'd be great. Oh my gosh, it would be so perfect because you wouldn't need much. Just maybe an hour or two of every day, just somebody coming in and tidying up and doing these little things of laundry and and dishes and maybe maybe run an errand or two, and then boy, wouldn't that make life fun? Oh, go oh, to the grocery store. I mean, I've tried to do the online ordering before. However, they are always booked out like two days as far as pickup. And that never works because I never think to order online my groceries until the day that I need them. Exactly. So waiting two days to pick it up. I'm like, no, I might as well just go and do the whole trip quick. Yeah. And taking kids with you to the grocery store, that's, uh, Oh, heck no. That that's, you might as well just throw money away because they want everything. (laughs) They want everything. And then you can't do it very productively. So and mine are still young enough that they are reaching out of the cart and pulling stuff in. Yep. Or they are getting out of the cart and making me play tag. And when there's three of them playing tag, oh, it's havoc. What are some of the tools that are helping you with your business right now? What are your favorites? <sighs> okay. Well, I think for productivity, I'm using a new one uh, called Forest. And it's just you can get this on your phone for a couple bucks or I use the, the Chrome extension and it's free. And basically I know this is going to sound really funny and really silly, but if, if you turn this forest app on, it's, it's 
uh, 25-minute timer, and you're supposed to just stay on whatever task you're on for 25 minutes. And in, and at the beginning, it plants this virtual seed. It's a little tiny baby tree. And then if you make it all the way through, the app pops up and says, congratulations, your tree has grown. And it sounds really silly, but you don't want your tree to wither and die. If you if you leave what you're doing, it'll wither and die. And And so it psychologically keeps you on task. So I love that that one. I've been using that for a couple of weeks now, and it's really cute and it's free. Uh, oh, I, I love that. I and funnily enough, my distractions are called squirrels. I call them squirrels, so that's perfect. I'm going to need to get that. You said forest, well, you, right? Yeah, it's forest, and I think it's the Pomodoro technique. That's mm-hmm. you, you work for 25 minutes and then you take a five minute break. So I'll grow a tree, and then I'll go. You know, I'll I'll go do whatever some sort of uh, non-work related task for five minutes. I'll either do, you know, push-ups or sit-ups or go do laundry or I'll, you know, whatever. Cause I work from home. I suppose if you work in an office, you'd have to figure out something else to do just to, just so you t- get a break from whatever you're doing. And then you can hit the app again and it'll, you see how, see if you can grow a forest. So the, hence the name. I also use cold Turkey, which blocks you out of any, site that you you don't want to be distracted with uh social media is one email but you know how when you pop over to email and you think i'm just going to answer so and so's email it never works that way you you just you're trying to clean out your email box you're going to answer a few more then you look up and that five or ten minutes that you were supposed to spend on one email is 45 minutes so cold turkey won't allow you you can set the timer or you can set times or schedule times. It won't allow you to get into whatever site that you say, like Facebook or or Pinterest or email. So I, I love that because it, it just keeps the temptation away. I just can't do it. Wow. You know what takes an amazingly long time for me, and I don't understand why, is writing captions for Instagram posts when I'm using later. I think some things just take a long, a lot longer than I think they should. But I think putting a timer on something for a few days in a row is really good. And then you know how long that task takes. And then you can't, you don't really get mad at yourself so much where you go, why is this taking so long? It, you know how long it takes after you've timed it three or four times. You go, okay, well, it takes 30 minutes to do these captions. So that's what it takes. That's what I have to schedule out. I'm also um, using work from, and if you are somebody who isn't chained to your desk or hourly or something where you have to stay at work, if you work at home or if you're allowed to leave and go be productive somewhere else, work from is a website that will tell you places around you that are perfect for Wi-Fi, or it will tell you how, what's the experience like at a library or a coffee shop or someplace like that, that you can go and actually be productive other than your house. Like sometimes I just want to get out of the house, but I think I've got some work to, to do. So I go to this, to workfrom.com and it'll tell me the places around me that are rated by other users. Like, oh, go here, go to this coffee shop, go to this um, library, go to this conference area, 
and this is this has excellent Wi-Fi. This has this place has good coffee. This this place has low noise. So that's another one that I use. Oh, that's awesome, listeners! Just in case you're wondering, you can find all these great links and also all the links back to Jen's website at thekimsutton.com forward slash pp one two eight. I'm also experimenting with themed mornings because I find that I I am a little more productive in the mornings, but I'm sort of scattered because I have so many things on my to-do list every day. So I'll schedule out themed, like say Monday is I work on my email opt-ins Monday morning, then I write Tuesday morning, and then I'll work on social media Wednesday morning. That way I get all these things done, but I don't keep having the constant interruptions. Whereas if I put all those tasks every day, then I'm not getting much done. So that really works for me too. How many articles are you trying to write a week right now? Or are you? I'm trying to eliminate the word try from my vocabulary. Well, I am... I think the average now is somewhere around a week, but I'm trying to pump out some really um, good articles with a lot of resources for people, for business people. I'm not just trying to give you my opinion, which is okay, but I see a lot of that online and I, I, I figure what is needed is I'm a good researcher. I will go out and I will find apps and programs and things and I will try them out and I'm sort of a guinea pig, and then I can report back and say, this works, try this, or this didn't work, don't try that. That way you're learning from my uh, failures or the flops, you know, the products that are flops, and then you're, you're also learning what works. So that's what I'm trying to gather. But that kind of uh, article takes a little more time. So if I can get one a week out, I would ultimately love to get two a week out, but right now I'm about one. Do you have a goal word count that you are looking for, or are you looking for quantity over quality or a mixture of both? Um, I'm always looking for quality over quantity. I think there's a lot of people who pump out a lot of blog posts that don't get very many shares, but they pump out one a day. Well, I would rather pump out one a week that got just as many shares as all five of theirs. You know, that it just seems to me that you're, you're, spinning your wheels. If you're trying to do that, you're supposed to spend about 20% of your time writing and 80% promoting your, uh, your post and blogging. So if you're spending so much time writing, then you're not, you're not even promoting and nobody's going to see your product anyway. Nobody's going to see that great content. So I, I would rather put out fewer, but as far as word count goes, Anywhere between 700 words and 2,000 words, it's usually more between, hmm, mine are usually between 800 and 1,100. Thank you so much for sharing that because for a while I was feeling like I needed to write 2,000 word blog articles and it, it really just shut me off from writing all together because... I, and maybe this was psychological, but I didn't see how I would have time or content to come up with those long of articles. Well, you're supposed to do those every once in a while for 
you know, your Google analytics, your, for your Google ranking, I should say, um, it likes Google likes longer posts, but it's not very easy to write those long posts. So don't do it very often. You, you know, once every couple of months is probably fine. Jen, have you read Rework by Jason Fried and David Heinmeier Hansen? No, I have heard of it, though. I don't swear a lot on this podcast, but I love, and I just had to pull it out. They said, um, cut your ambition in half. You're better off with a kick-ass half than a, whole, than a half-ass hole. <laughs> I like that. Maybe I'll make some sort of uh, quote post with that. <laughs> I think that's true. I, I think it's absolutely true. I think people who are bloggers particularly, but a lot of people also have blogs for their, for their other sites, um, for their actual uh, product producing sites. They just have a blog that goes with it. I think you've got to be, you've got to worry about quality more than quantity. I completely agree. Do you have a daily routine? I do. I, since I, I told you I, I have switched to themed mornings, that's kind of messing that up right now. But I do have more of a checklist. I'll do a little bit of the easier stuff in the morning. I'm when I'm waking up and I'm kind of getting the kids ready. I don't do the super hard in depth stuff that I have to think really hard about. Like I'm not going to write while my kids are trying to eat breakfast by me. There's just no way that's not going to happen, but I can do easier things. Like, uh, get into my, uh, apps that I, I use tailwind to share on Pinterest. And I know some people use that for Instagram. Um, and I'll schedule content to go out because that doesn't take a whole lot of concentration to do that. So I'll, I'll do those kind of things in the early morning. And then once I have my kiddos off to school, I can, I can do the heavier things, the things that take a lot more, uh, thought like writing. And, uh, I'll usually do something like that in, in the morning. And in the afternoon, I try to catch up on any stragglers and I don't have a, a huge list of to do's. I have a few to do's and then I have a few things that I would like to get done. And if they don't get totally done, I don't stress out about it. I love that. How many of your have to do items do you have in front of you at any given time? Uh, I, when I'm not working on those, I put them away. Otherwise they're staring at me and making me feel bad. You know, I don't have a to-do list out all the time. If I, I have my to-do list out in the morning, uh, like I said, when I'm getting the kids ready and I'll do a couple things while they're, while they're eating and, and whatnot. And, then when I'm doing other things, I put the to-do list away. But in the afternoon, I pull it out and I try and work with it. I don't like a to-do list staring at me while I'm trying to get other things done. It just it just makes me feel like I'm not doing enough. And I, I don't like that feeling. I had to cut mine back because I was putting everything onto my daily to-do list, everything that's outstanding. So I finally just started putting the items that I know I can get done today. But I am definitely going to have to go get Forest. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, yeah. It's a cute little app. It's, it's, it's great. It's helped my productivity a lot. Jen, I want to thank you so much for being here today. Where can listeners find you online and connect? On social media, I am 
on Facebook at Jen Monks, LifeWise Lady. I am on LinkedIn and Twitter and Pinterest at LifeWise Lady. You can get to all of those social media platforms through my website on the homepage. It's LifeWiseLady.com. And again, this will be in the show notes, which you can find at thekimsutton.com forward slash PP128. Jen, do you have any closing advice or words that you'd like to share with the listeners? I think that if you really want your business to do well, stop comparing yourself so much to the super successful and just keep your nose down and focus on what you're supposed to do. And remember that everybody started at the bottom. Even the people who are making millions, they started somewhere and they make mistakes. To this day, they make mistakes and they made a lot of them when they were starting out. So don't be so hard on yourself when you're not perfect. Hey there, this is Kim Sutton, host of the Positive Productivity Podcast. And I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it and were inspired, I would love to hear your feedback. Please take a moment or two and visit the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, or on my website at thekimsutton.com to leave your rating or review. I'd also like to invite you to join the Positive Productivity Book Club and to find out more about my coaching packages by visiting thekimsutton.com. Until the next episode, I hope you have a positive and productive day.